Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can contact us at info at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. I'm a mess. I'm such a wreck. Hey Geekscapists, with Valentine's Day around the corner, we've decided to hook you up. Geekscape has partnered with the video dating app Filter Off to bring you a free and fun video speed dating event on Saturday, February 13th. To take part, all you've got to do is download the Filter Off dating app to your smartphone. Find the Geekscape event in RSVP with the code GEEKSLOVE2. That's T-O-O, because we do love to. You don't have to wait until Valentine's to use the app either. It's fun and free, and Matt Kelly has already racked up a ton of dates on it. So, what have you got to lose? Download Filter Off, and we'll see you on February 13th. Geekscape Forever. Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to our brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London. That would be your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, what I like to do is talk to storytellers. Movies, video games, comic books, pop culture. Maybe they're an actor from TV. Maybe that's who you've got coming up right now. Uh, here's a spoiler. It's my good friend Jason Inman, who's one of our favorite guests here on the Geekscape network. He's uh, been on a lot of our shows. And uh, he's got a brand new project called Super Best Friend that starts its Kickstarter campaign tomorrow. And since I'm a 
really super best friend. I invited Jason onto the show to talk about the brand new comic book, maybe a little bit of WandaVision and a whole bunch of pop culture. So that's what you got coming at you. Strap in. And I'd just like to repeat what we just heard in the ad. We've got a pretty awesome speed dating video event. You can do it right off your smartphone. I don't know if you can do it otherwise. It's an app called Filter Off. My good buddy Zach was the guest last week talking about it. And we organized a Filter Off Geekscape team up. That is a speed dating event. It's coming at you February 13th. So download the app, get used to it, and sign up in RSVP for the Geekscape event on February 13th. And who knows, you might just have a date for Valentine's. If you're already seeing somebody, don't do any of what I just said, or you're a total creeper and I don't want to hear about it. I don't want any complaints <laughs> uh, after after uh, Valentine's. It's like, you told my boyfriend to do what? He loves Geekscape and he just wanted to be a part of it, but he's in a relationship. Don't do that. Geekscapers, be cool. Don't do that. And also, you heard an ad for uh, Matt and Chris Fafalios' brand new little deal. I got to tell you, I was listening to the Chris Demakes a podcast today. I was driving around and midway through one of my favorite podcasts, you've heard Chris Demakes of Less Than Jake on the show. Uh, suddenly, I hear this Geekscape ad with like Matt and Chris, and it's for this brand new deal he, they've got going on called uh, We Know Podcasting. And I was just like, oh, that's awesome. A Geekscape related ad on one of my favorite shows. What are we doing? This is amazing. Uh, right off the bat, to address the speed dating event, Heidi Cox says, Can I do the filter off speed dating event? Heidi, I want to tell you right now on Geekscape, you can do the filter off speeding dating event. And, uh, Go for it. I think it'd be a lot of fun midway through your three minute speed date for my little head to pop into the frame and be like, what's the deal with this guy? <laughs> but yeah, Heidi, have fun. I think it'd be hilarious if you want to uh, kind of catfish somebody. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be fun. Maybe uh, they see you and when they match with you, my face just comes on. And, and you know what? They, uh, my job is not to de like incentivize people from doing the filter off geekscape event is to get people to sign up for it and have fun and meet people in a very cool no strings attached safe way over their smartphones it, it'll be fun it's kind of a cool app if you want to learn more about it zach was our guest last week on the episode prior to this one go check out filter off i've been getting uh texts all week from people saying um dude, I've got a date coming up and this is successful. And uh, I won't say names, but it's pretty awesome to see that you Geekscapists have taken the app very quickly. Uh, we have no financial incentive for getting this to you. Zach's just a really cool guy and we want to make cool events for y'all here on Geekscape. And it's just, uh, I'm getting a lot of feedback that y'all are, are taking to it. So that makes me feel really good. And as a reward, we got more Geekscape shows to announce. Uh, I'll have back Kelly on soon to do it. Um, but I, I mean, we're just kind of going nuts and I love it. We cannot create enough content for you people. So I really appreciate your listens. Uh, feel free to go to whatever podcast you're on right now and leave us like a five-star review because that would be super, super awesome. And Heidi's back and she says, you know what? I'll only do it if you are my only date. No, I will not catfish somebody. We're not in that phase of our relationship when we're like, hey, you want to go find somebody? Hey. Uh, Heidi speaking in. I would never do that because you're the best. Okay, thank you, gorgeous. <laughs> um, all right. 
let's get down to business here on the Geekscape podcast. Uh, my good friend, Jason Inman, I don't know if he needs an introduction to you people. You've seen him like a million times on this podcast. He's the co-host of Geek History Lesson. He's amazing. He's beaten me out for plenty of jobs here in Hollywood because he's a host who is so much more qualified than I. No, how could you say that, Jonathan? We just heard you fucking ramble for five minutes. <laughs> How could he beat you out for a hosting gig? You're nothing if not fatalistic charisma. All right, here he is, my good buddy Jason. <laughs> oh sorry. no! I'm sorry. I was signing up for that dating thing you were talking about. <laughs> I don't want Ashley as coming soon, and skidding as me. As soon as I heard Heidi was in, I'm in too. <laughs> <laughs> if you match with Heidi, I will allow it. All right. All right. <laughs> it's not unlike when we no, were. I'm, uh, I'm doing it. So in case Heidi shows up, you come in. That's what <laughs> I'm going for. Jason, we already love each other yeah. and we've already matched. And this is not unlike a simulation of what our date would be. In fact, you're one of the few people I've seen during the, pand- the pandemic. When yeah. we, will. we had a very <laughs> romantic lunch hanging out together in Balboa Park. By the ducks in the lake. <laughs> By the ducks in the lake. Yeah. And the, like the, the paddle boats that yep. weren't going. But we almost ran the paddle boat. <laughs> if it wasn't for a <laughs> We almost rented the bike for two. We considered it. We talked about it. <laughs> we make our own Muppet movie montage. It was a little bit too close for the social distancing. That's why we said no. Excuse me. Do you have the tandem bike in like six feet of yeah. tandem bike? Can we do that? <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, you don't? Okay, then no. no. Uh, I think you would have did the paddle boat, but I would have had to have been like dragged by a rope six feet behind the paddle boat to make it like safe. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, here's some cool news. Heidi's like getting the vac- the first round of vaccine this week. And uh, oh, wow. it, in, in a lot of my friends are on in nursing and doctors and they're starting to get it. Uh, we'll find out when I get it. But uh, knock on wood, Geekscape, this is a pretty big week uh, historically. And hopefully we are slowly climbing out of this thing i don't know if it's going to work in time for comic con but i have seen several summer festivals and summer conventions start to say that they are starting to slide to places like october or november in order to hopefully have some form of a 2021 uh presence and if if comic con went to anaheim or something or even stay in San Diego, but did something in November or December, maybe they could salvage some form of a smaller, shorter Comic-Con. I think that'd be a lot of fun to have some kind of holiday. I think they, I think they will. I, that's, that's kind of my prediction. That's why I've been saying for a long time that I think, I think New York Comic-Con, like what New York Comic-Con decides, I think is going to be the big, because they're always in October, but mm-hmm. I could see San Diego Comic-Con happening in November. It would, that would not surprise me at all. Right. And uh, would you still come down for just one day? Uh, I don't know. This is the year where I'm like, mm, I think I'm going to wait till 2022 just to be perfectly safe. Sure. If it's not the pandemic, it's like, there's a lot of psychos right around Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that, uh, I think it's like, oh, great. I, I say I, I survived a pandemic and then you run out of the street and there's like post-apocalyptic weirdos with like horns on their heads running. Around. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't expect to let Mad Max would happen in 2021. <laughs> Like we were so close to not being 2020 in six days of the 2021. It's like, oh, why not have a little bit of a civil war? Yeah, was very much hold my beer. Card? Yes. That was my bingo card for 2020. And uh, I was like, damn, I didn't get a full bingo. But six days of the 2021 is like, oh, civil war. Oh, I could have gotten that. I don't know if anybody would have had Buffalo Man invades the Capitol. <laughs> On their bingo card, but it does, you know, going how 2020 went that I guess we can't count anything out at this point. 
Is that his name now, Buffalo? I don't man? know. I just like calling him Buffalo Man because <laughs> that way it makes that way it makes him less serious, and he's more like a uh, he's like a more like a goofy Batman sixty six villain if he's Buffalo Man. <laughs> what I like about it, I don't like anything about it. But if there's something that I like about it, it's that this guy went to prison and then mm. complained about the food. Yeah, <laughs> he refused to eat for like several days until his mother intervened. And begged the judge to allow him to have like gluten free or like vegan food. And I was like, he has a fucking carcass on his head. And he's running around being like, no, I'm vegan. I can't eat this. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, you're running around with an animal's horns on your head. <laughs> I guarantee you that about? face paint he used wasn't all natural either. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. So, Geek's Game is like, did we really think that they were that they were so full of conviction in the first place? I'm pretty sure like they bent on a lot of things. If they slowly got to the point in their moral erosion that they were like, eh, fuck it. Let's invade the Capitol building. <laughs> I'm bored. What are you doing? <laughs> you gotta you gotta compromise on a lot of shit before you finally go, Yeah, armed insurrection. I'm up for it. Why not? We'll yeah. take a noose. Uh, Geeks Games, we're starting out politically, but, uh, you know, Jason, Jason is a veteran. Jason did did serve, and uh, that must have been fun to see <laughs> that happen. Someone who's actually oh. vowed their life. You vowed your life for this country, Jason. I took, I took an oath. I literally, in 2000, the year 2000, 21 years ago, raised my hand in a room and swore an oath to protect the Constitution and all and the capital of the United States and the commander in chief. So to see these people like breaking that property. Yeah, it made it, it made me it made me it kind of broke my heart. I was like, what is going on here? Um, Some of those people also took that oath that you took. Yeah. And, uh, I, maybe they just like skipped a couple pieces of it. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where um, I always say that. You know, when you're in the army, you're taught a lot of values, you're taught rules of engagement, you're taught all these things, you're given like the army field manual, correct? And there is, just like with every textbook, there is the do it literally, or to read between the lines. And I would say a lot of those people read between the lines in the wrong lines of how those things meant. Because to me, I'm it's pretty clear what treason is. It's very clear. <laughs> and... I th- I think if you bust down the window of the U.S. Capitol, probably going to be treason. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> but, but, but wait, but wait. Um, you know what? You bring up a good point. And as you were talking about the, the oath of serving your country and the oath to not commit just downright treason uh, and reading between the lines, uh, it reminds me of all the good books that people follow. You know, it's like, oh, there is a lot of interpretation going on in things like the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. It's like, yeah, I know what it kind of says, but here come the gymnasts. And now yeah. my brain is doing the gymnastics and I might as well just rush the capital steps and figure it out. What I didn't understand, Jason, <laughs> seeing that, and we haven't talked about it here on the podcast. What I didn't understand was... How these fuckers were climbing a wall while ten feet away there were stairs. <laughs> I yeah, I I have no idea. I I I I don't know. And this is not to say that the if the 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 people that supported the presidential candidate, as not this is not to say that none of them have brains. 
But I think a majority of the people that were storming in that building weren't thinking straight because again, it is one of those things where it's like, there are, there are laws against destruction of government property. And it's like, you know, it's like the government and the FBI has arrested people for far less than anything they did. It's past summer <laughs> with a giant example. Of yeah. That stuff. Yeah. It's also like summer. Yeah. Like, the FBI, was... like, like you look, the FBI on a good day will find reasons to arrest you. That's just their job. They get bored and they're like, who can we arrest today? Uh, there's got to be somebody in Louisiana. Let's go. Let's go make up a law. So, like, you don't need to give them more reasons to arrest you. <laughs> I got to tell you, one of our uh, most popular posts this week uh, or last week was somebody had taken the people scaling the wall. Mm-hmm. And put Donkey Kong on it and made it Honky Kong. <laughs> and like Donkey Kong was like throwing barrels on these people. And you can kind of see the steps 10 feet away. And people are just scaling the wall. And to me, they had to have been doing it for the gram. Mm-hmm. And there were so many people live streaming this fucking event that I was like, how did you think this was going to like, tur- like, like what did you think was going to happen? Some of these people were actually uh, like elected officials and they were sitting yeah. there on Facebook being like, hey, uh, we're in the Capitol, and uh, oh, you guys stay within the ropes. <laughs> that was another popular thing. It was everybody was staying within the ropes, and I was like, really? Why at this point? It's this. Ins- I don't know. It's a weird thing of of now. People think that just because you film it, you're immune. Like you're immune to the law. Oh, because I filmed it, and it's like, no, no, no. The the just because you put it on Twitter or Facebook doesn't give you any kind of immunity. Like it's still a law and you're still breaking the law. So you're actually working hard at providing evidence for the people who are going to lock your ass up. Yeah. You can no longer refute that video you made, right? Like you have just made the moronic dick pic of political activists (laughs) videos. Mm -hmm. Like that is what you did. Yeah. Basically you said the equivalent of a moronic political dick pic and put it up on Twitter for everybody to look at and be like, oh, yeah, that's a no from me, dog, for sure. Uh, Jason, it's good seeing you on the show. And I got to tell you, um, we got to talk WandaVision later in the show in case we want to do a little bit of spoilers. Let's talk it later in the show. So sure. if you want to talk a little WandaVision or hear what Jason has to say, because dude's just smarter than me um we're gonna save that for later in the show but we gotta we gotta talk a little business because jason is a comic creator in the this summer when we were hanging out uh thinking about going on a romantic paddle boat together mm-hmm. um he was telling me about this idea he had uh for a, a, a it was an idea he's had for a long time and we were talking about how we sometimes in hollywood you write something or you get hired to do something and it's not always a property that you own, but you just think it would be a cool take on a character. And then you realize like you're not allowed to do it because it's mm-hmm. not a property you own, but you still have this awesome story and you just kind of change the names, change pieces of it. And then you make it your own IP, your own thing. Um, where, where did this story come from? And we are of course talking about your brand new Kickstarter project that launches tomorrow as of the recording of this super best friend. What you got here? Well, so Super Best Friend is basically what if what if the best friend of the world's greatest superhero live streamed his every adventure? And this is obviously a take on Jimmy Olsen and Superman. Um, and this is an idea inspired, actually, from when I worked at DC All Access for for 
uh, DC Comics. And in, in fact, to be honest with you, I was pitching so many ideas inside that building all the time, and they would never let me write the book. So I'm. It would not surprise me if I pitched this idea to them, and they were Man. just like, "Yeah, whatever. You're a hosty guy." I'm so glad you beat me out for that job. Yeah. <laughs> you know how much more annoying I would have been, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> they would have fired me anyway, buddy. Oh is, boy. is that Inman kid still in the building? <laughs> Call him back in. Call this kid back London in. Kid didn't last long. Um, but yeah, so like, this is my idea of like, if superheroes existed in the real world in you know in twenty 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 one, um, I think there would be YouTube channels and Twitch channels and all kinds of things dedicated to different superheroes. And this story is about Maddie Moore, who runs a a live stream channel called Super Best Friend. And it's all about he he films and live streams all the exploits of his best friend, Captain Terrific. And in that type of world, you have to think about like how blurred the line between those superheroes and fandom would be. And like a normal person would do, as we've seen people act crazy all for the last year, uh, Matty Moore unintentionally live streams his best friend's secret identity to the entire world. And so then he has to deal with how does he fix it? He's personally like his YouTube channel that he loves that he's like, he's doing this out of a thing of passion, you know, cause he loves this guy. He loves superheroes, but now he's caused a lot of pain and now he's going to have to be more than a live streamer to be able to fix this. It, it, it basically the example I would say is that this is a story of a sidekick becoming a superhero. And so what you did was let's go back a few years. You had this, I think it's a fucking awesome take on Superman and Jimmy Olsen's relationship, right? And there have been times when Jimmy Olsen has his own book, right? There were several times in DC Comics history where Jimmy Olsen had his own book. Um, And this sounds like an awesome Jimmy Olsen story. Uh, The modernization of it, I think, is amazing, especially because, like we we just talked about in our introduction, this stuff is on the internet pretty much forever. Mm -hmm. And I know Geekscape is, you got to, back the Kickstarter in order to uh, find out how he undoes it. But for me, that seems like a pretty impossible task. And I don't think exactly he's going to beg his best friend to fly around the world backwards. <laughs> I would be incredibly disappointed. Spoil- in spoilers. Fire. Captain terrific is going to kiss every single person in the world and make them forget. <laughs> <laughs> I would never, I, I would talk to you again. <laughs> but I would talk to you like I talked to a five-year-old at that yeah. point. And then I he's going to throw a saran wrap tea off his chest. <laughs> if you simply had Captain Terrific fly around the world backwards to reset his best friend's mistake, I'm not spoiling it, am I? No, no, no. That would take 10 years, by the way, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, it's like, you got to think about it. You're given a couple of seconds for each kiss. It's got to be a good kiss to make oh, no, you forget. I, well, no, I was talking about Superman 1, Donner's oh. Superman 1, where he flies around the world backwards. You yeah, yeah. that, did you? No, no, no. That okay. is not a spoiler for this. Because I wouldn't talk to you if you did that, because that would be like, the, even with, <laughs> here's the thing. Okay, let's say Captain Terrific or Superman has to go around and make people forget by Bill Cosby kissing them one at a time. And that's what I always call it when I watch Superman 2, because it's so creepy that he makes Lewis forget by Bill Cosby kissing her. That he, I mean, here's the thing. He would clearly have to use super speed to get to that many people in Mm -hmm. any kind of economic time. So just let's take your 10 year number of people on the planet. Let's say number of people on the planet in 1980, when the movie came out in 1981, like, okay, there's less people on the planet. He's still using super speed to get all, 
he has to slow down a lot before he kisses them, or he's just going to be exploding through them. He's going to obliterate them. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which I guess would be another way to solve the problem. <laughs> hey, do you know my secret identity? I'm going to pop you like a balloon. Here's the other problem. If it takes five years, I've cut it in half now because he's using super speed. If it takes five years, that's five years in which all those people who forgot just got told by the other people that it's Superman's secret identity again. So yep. you got to go like repeat kiss people. So now he's just super creepy, dude. Now so, he's all kissing all the time. <laughs> he's just running around like this. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants that. You ever been on like a failed first date? I know I've been on many failed first dates, <laughs> but where you go in for a kiss and the person's like, no. I think we've all been there. I think we've all been there. <laughs> that's what that's what he would be doing. Yep. It'd be a lot. It'd be a lot of them. Oh yeah. That's he he has to sneak the kisses for most of these people. And then there would be certain people that'd be like, Oh, don't you go nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, there'd definitely be those people. And then there's be ton, tons of people where he's just like throwing back the binaca on a lot of this stuff. Like mm. that's a lot of work. I'm so glad that that is not a spoiler for your book. And I'm so glad that he doesn't go back around the world to fix things because Jason, I would be so disappointed in you. No, story. I, uh, I, I have the so like so this Kickstarter is for the first issue, which is forty eight pages, okay. and the idea is that this is Act One, and then it would lead to two other Kickstarter campaigns that are also so it would be Super Best Friend number two and number three, and number three will conclude the whole Captain Terrific Maddie Moore thing. Um, I do know where it's going. I know I have I have it all outlined. Um, I think a lot of people are not going to predict it, but it has it has a connection to um, a very famous other Superman story. Like it is very inspired where Captain Terrific ends up, because like that's the other thing about this is that um, and this is a little bit inspired as well by um, there's been a lot of especially with Superman. Superman's had like two secret identity reveals in the last six years. Mm-hmm. Like where they revealed that he's Clark Kent. Wait, and and snaps Maddie's neck at the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. Jason, that's uh, horrifying. No, no, no. But like, but but it's also interesting to see. Like, I don't buy that the villains don't ruin his life. Like currently in Superman continuity, it's the idea that like he becomes Clark Kent and everybody's just fine with it. And I'm like, no, the villains would blow the Daily Planet up. They would torture everybody. Like because that's how you beat Superman. You get to his heart. And that's the way I play it in Super Best Friend is the idea that like these people, there are always enemies for these heroes and these enemies are going to take advantage and like make Captain Terrific's life hell because he now has to protect all of his personal friends because his secret identity is revealed. And that's something that like in the Spider-Man books, they do it all the time where mm-hmm. Sp- Spider-Man, I think out of any superhero has racked up the most body count from people that he loved just because. And probably secret identity reveals. Like it feels like at one time, like 50 people know he's Spider-Man. Yes. And they have done, they've done the brand new day stuff several times. And I don't even know why people were so upset with brand new day mm-hmm. because there would have been so many times where it was like, yeah, yeah, we've redone Spider-Man's recovering up for himself and doing like trades with Mephisto or Dr. Strange or somebody. Wait, 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 wait. You said trade with Mephisto. (laughs) I got to rewrite the book. Ah, crap. Ah. I mean, of course, Captain Terrific was going to make a deal with the devil. (laughs) (laughs) But remember like Spider-Man has had to go in, in mind erase mass amounts of people over and over mm-hmm. and o- Daredevil did it recently by like finding the children of the purple man. Yeah, it's fair. 
And he like hooked them up to this machine that sent out a psychic blast that like made everybody forget Matt Murdock was Daredevil. Well, this just say, I will say in this over and over again in Super Best Friend, there is no mass mind wipe that does not happen. Okay, so because I'm also a big believer in once the genie's out of the bottle, especially look at our current world, like think about it like in terms of even cancel culture. Like generally once somebody is canceled, they're canceled for good. Or like it is the idea that like if it lives on the internet, it is written in stone. It is there forever. Even right. if you delete it. Uh, think about celebrities, you know, personal videos, their nudes getting out. It's Early the same thing. Of this podcast. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. In terms of the podcast, you know, the flash dating. <laughs> but uh, but that, it's the same. It's the same thing with this story. Right. This genie is out of the bottle and it is another solution to figure out some way to live. This genie is not going back in the bottle. Right, they know his identity, and mm -hmm. it's on social media and crap. And I don't think that's a spoiler for anything, but like a few yeah. pages into the first issue. Mm -hmm. And Geekscape, so y'all can pick that up uh, at superbestfriendcomic.com. If you're watching this live, the Kickstarter starts tomorrow, but if you're listening to this, when I put the episode up, um, go ahead and go to superbestfriendcomic.com and go to the Kickstarter and support Jason. Uh, I just want finally for one of his kickstarters to reach its goal i just think that this poor That'd guy be nice, wouldn't it? this poor guy and <laughs> ashley have just had such a tough time at this kickstarter game you every single kickstarter you got gets like financed within a few days at yeah. most yeah we've been lucky enough that every kickstarter we've had well except for the very first one and I'll, i can tell that story in a minute okay. um every single one every comic book we've done has funded within four days four days or less the last one funded it within less than 48 hours which is a fantastic i don't want you back here next week asking for no money okay <laughs> um but so no we've been really lucky and really blessed with that it, it's, it's a lot of work but uh we're really like i'm i really like it because i like being able to give the story directly to people that want it sure and uh what happened with that first one do i remember the first one Okay, so you can find it. It's on my Kickstarter profile. Yeah, it that's was not to go away. That's your freaking yeah. That's my profile. that's that's my deal with the devil. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to kiss everybody in the world to make make them forget about this. All right. Um, well, filteroffapp.com. <laughs> I think I don't remember the year. I think it was like 2013. I think uh -huh. uh, a couple of friends and I had this idea for a web series about a group of people searching for uh, Sasquatch. It's called Squatch Watchers. It was the very first Kickstarter we did. We asked for ten grand. And we only got three three thousand. Okay. So, what was yeah. wrong with Squatch Watchers? Uh, we just asked for too much. Also, the other thing is, like, this is a big Kickstarter tip I give everybody. We didn't know who our audience was because we were making a comedic series about Sasquatch hunters, but we were advertising it to people that were actually all in on Sasquatch. And so when they would see the video and it's about making jokes, they would be like, "You guys aren't real Squatch Watchers." <laughs> Wait, what? I'm not joking, dude. Yeah. I'm not joking. What I think is the strategic mastermind decision that the people who like hang out in bird watching like tents and shit to like look for Sasquatch out in like Yosemite or something. Yeah. That these people actually had the money you were looking for. That was, <laughs> that, that was the part where I'd have been like, uh, Jason, if I uh, may interject here. Um, yeah. Those people are living in vans and like crazy with their binoculars and their photos like those people live off the grid looking for Sasquatch. I don't necessarily think they're on the internet waiting to invest in a Kickstarter project, making fun of them. Yeah. Well, you can go find it. Like I said, live or learn it's on there. It is. It's my very first Kickstarter project. Uh, you know, 
Um, it's the only I will say it's the only crowdfunding campaign I've ever had that was unsuccessful because before then we did an Indiegogo for Red Shirt Diaries and that double funded. So right. well, that again, Star Trek fan base. Uh, yes, the big tip is pick your audience. Make sure they're stick, on the internet <laughs> and stick to the audience <laughs> and people yep. that are on the internet. Pick your audience. Make sure they're not yep. sleeping in a tent up in a tree in Yosemite. And uh, or that they're wearing buffalo headdresses and marching on capitals. Freedom. But just make sure that they are on the internet. And I, I agree with you. An acute audience and a focused audience is who you want to go after yeah. with these uh, Kickstarter campaigns. And it feels like like you and you and Ashley have built up a bit of a of a following on the indie comic thing, and uh, and people trust you that y'all are going to make the Kickstarter and make the goal and make a good product and send it out has 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 the audience been growing or like yeah the of- audience has been growing the the cool thing about on super best friend and this is the thing that kickstarter smartly did a couple years ago is that they allow you now to like put up a pre-launch page and it, and it allows people to click notify so if you're watching this live right now if you go to superbestfriendcomic.com you can click notify and you'll get emailed when the campaign is live if you do that while the campaign is actually live um, it just sends you reminders. Like every week, Kickstarter will be like, you got X amount of days in, in case you're interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, I believe I have like 207 people signed up, which is the most people I've ever had pre-launch. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Okay, because I believe in you, Jason. Let, let me go ahead and, and share the screen. Let, let's take a look at this uh, yeah, share the project. Kickstarter campaign. Let me just figure out this StreamYard thing I've been doing for almost a year. Let me just figure this out. <laughs> Here we go. I'm a slow learner. And but the good news is you found Sasquatch. I just shave every day. All right, here we go. Oh, thank God. Uh, yeah, no, it's me. Uh, spoilers. And uh, okay, so you got this this Kickstarter thing. You're saying that on the back end of this, you already got 200 some odd people following mm-hmm. this thing. So you're gonna fund in 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> it's a seven thousand dollar goal. Mm-hmm. Okay, you'll get that by noon. Um, and the project goes live. Here, here. Let's talk about incentives. Okay, you can just make a pledge without a reward. You just Give them whatever you want. Five dollars, you become a PDF of what is it? What, what what is terrific? That's the that's the so, end, that's so the comic, ter- right? Terrific is the first comic book that I ever wrote starring Captain Terrific because Captain Terrific existed before I created the idea of Super Best Friend. He's kind of always been my sort of Superman archetype. And when I came up with this idea for Super Best Friend, I I came up with the idea of Maddie Moore first, and then I was like, well, he's got to be best friends with a superhero. And then immediately I was like, why not use Captain Terrific, who I've already used in like sure. two other stories. Okay. Okay. So, so you have a PDF. What's that book all like? Is that book, like how old is that book? Uh, I think that book came out in 2015. And, and you then like you like it or you look at it and you're like, eh. I like it actually. I think it's really good. It, it's, it's, I will tell, I will give you the great thing about what we're doing is that like every backer is going to get a comic book. Even if you, at $5, you get the PDF of terrific and you're going to get the first issue of Jupiter jet. So you're going away with a comic book, no matter what, unless you pick no reward, but uh, <laughs> no terrific is going to be a weird one. I think for everybody, because uh, when I put terrific in that story, it's about captain terrific realizing that he's a comic book character. Now that is obviously mm. something I'm not doing in super best friend, um, but it's kind of a neat sort of out of continuity captain terrific story. Yeah. And I think that you, you're allowed it's your character, so you're allowed yeah. to like retroactively start changing things. And one thing that when we put out the Sam comic like years ago, Sam is like hyper violent, and you know he just like uses guns and missile launchers and everything. But when we started developing the Sam cartoon idea, 
we just made a hard rule right at the top. Like Sam is so badass, he doesn't need guns. Mm-hmm. Like if you pull a gun on Sam, he'll just grab it. And Which break is a smart out. change. I just, I think our gun culture is out of control and I didn't want to be a part of it. And, yeah. uh, and also I think it's funny when somebody points a gun at Sam and he takes the gun from him. Yeah. Well, it was, it was the same thing with this. Like, I, obviously, I can't yeah. tell the story of Super Best Friend if Captain Terrific knows he's in a comic book. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. So this takes place inside the comic. So, so Geeks Games, you're going to get this PDF of Terrific. Think about it like and an Elseworld story. story. You're going to be completely inside the comic now. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you got that incentive. Um, if you get $10 or more, you get those same digital things but you also get the 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 issue of super best friend that is this is all about yeah and then there's a deluxe one at 15 which uh let's see what you add for the 15 dollars for the 15 what do you and for you got, 15 for 15 i'm giving you my script for the issue and then i'm gonna send you all the inks and the colors of the entire book oh cool you can make your own comic so yep. uh, just change the names and republish yeah, that's right I think yeah. that's great. Just submit it to Comixology. Yeah. Uh, no, don't do that, Geekscapist. We will find you. Uh, you get an early bird version for more. Uh, let's. I'm going to start looking at some of the leaps here on some of it. You can get variant covers. Yeah, uh, we, we have we have two variant covers. We have one by Travis Mercer, who's drawn for Red Hood and the Outlaws. And then we have another cover uh, by Sarah Levin, who is, mm-hmm. or Lever, excuse me, who's Comicer Girl on Twitter. Um, but we have we have also like I love doing I have a script review on there way up the level. We also are allowing you to advertise on Geek History Lesson, my podcast. You can literally advertise anything you want within reason. It has to be all ages. Of course, we have to approve the app. But like if you've got a podcast or you've got a YouTube channel or you've got a book coming out, uh, Geek History Lesson, my podcast has a steady audience. We've been doing it for five years. Um, you know, we get about like 10,000 listens a, a week. So like, you know, you're a, a decent audience is going to hear your is going to hear your ad. Oh, good. Um, let me get that ad and actually get some advertisements for <laughs> this dying husk of a podcast network. Let me just let me start that up. Um, okay, that sounds good. Um, what are some of the what are some of like the coolest incentives for you? Uh, one one of the coolest ones that we're doing, I think, is uh, and I I saw this. I I learned this advice from a couple other people is that we're going to do like a flash funding goal, sort of. Mm-hmm. So you've heard of stretch goals. Uh, and this is something new that that has been happening last year. You do a flash funding goal. So the idea is that if we get to seventy five percent of the funding goal, so if we get to five thousand two hundred and some and change uh, within the first forty eight hours, every backer is going to get uh, another comic book called Thief, which is the second story I ever wrote starring Captain uh, Terrific. It's a story about it's it's a story about Captain Terrific hunting down the thief who stole his cape. Okay, and then. Yeah. What does he need his cape for? Is that something like he can't just grab another cape? Look, man, he has sentimental reasons for this cape. I can understand, like, if it is, like, Doctor Strange's cloak and that thing has, like, its (laughs) its own sentience. And it's like, oh, I don't want want that thing getting out there. But it's a piece of cloth. Like, it keeps... man, we all have favorite hats and favorite shirts. Like, superheroes have favorite capes. Yeah, but that thing... Okay, like, I'm I'm just going to say, if it's just a typical piece of cloth and this guy's impervious to most things, I'm guessing, because he's superman like um how long is that cape gonna last like how is that thing not like riddled with bullet holes scorched electrocuted like how is superman's cape if it's just a normal piece of cloth how is that thing any i mean that thing looks like like toilet paper after a freaking enchilada party like there's no way that superman's cape is still there unless it's there's something special about it the real answer is it's a fictional story just go with it oh 
Well, then the, my entire construct of reality started falling on itself. Look, if you'll accept a green baby who eats frogs, you can accept that a superhero will want his cape back. Okay. <laughs> what we learned this last uh, fall is that a lot of people do not accept that a green baby will eat those frogs. They yep. hated baby Yoda eating those frogs. <laughs> they were pissed. They were like, how can this fictitious creature be eating these other fictitious creatures? This is frog aside like this is story People i also so remember good. like in the prequels where there's that scene where uh obi-wan is falling for thousands of miles and uh anakin catches him in the land speeder i remember some people be like that breaks physics and i wanted to be like you're watching <laughs> you're watching a movie where people have laser swords and magic powers <laughs> <laughs> it breaks the laws of physics okay let's uh let's go ahead and change the physics and obi-wan just shoots through the platform and kills like seven people on his landing yeah um i think that's hilarious um let's see uh bolt t off of youtube says uh, so when does Doctor Strange's cloak get its own one shot? I think it's a good idea. And I think we got the writer for that. His name is Jason Inman. But to get him on the big, uh, to get him on that platform so that Marvel's like, hey, who is this guy? You got to go and fund this super best friend thing. So let's put the yep. money where Cloaking in the red danger is what I would call it. <laughs> let's go ahead and do that. You can have a little team up with Mjolnir and yeah. run around. But uh, superbestfriendcomic.com. That's where we want you all to go. Uh Let's see. Matt Kelly says, John arguing logic, but promote Super Action Man who has nowhere to put his guns. Um, Matt, I just told you in this podcast, Super Action Man doesn't use guns. <laughs> no, he no longer uses guns in the new version of Super Action Man. He uses his bare hands. Um, and yeah, where does he put it? He puts, he puts it in his in his uniform, his, his utility belt, which is really his chonies. Matt, come on. It's like Gurgi's magic bag from the Black Cauldron. It's just like, in, it's infinite. Um, and it needs to be infinite because Sam's packing. All right. So Geekscape is, you know, the mission, the mission is to go to superbestfriendscomic.com uh, super and check out Jason's Kickstarter. Um, are there physical rewards? Or is there a chance I can get this? Comic yeah. Hold it. Yeah, the, like I'm, I, the, the main reward is that you'll get the printed issue. Like that is the whole idea. Like the, the funds of this campaign are used to print the issue. And then also the book is completely done. Uh, like I like George has to finish some colors because he's also drawing and coloring it. And then like we have to do one more lettering pass. But like this actually will be I usually have like a year before you get the book. This mm -hmm. one you're going to get it in probably you're going to about six months. It's the it's the fastest turnaround I'm ever going to have. But uh, all the funds are going to use it to print the book so that you get it. And then also I'm using the funds to make issue two. OK, I'm going to pivot you. <laughs> What if you use the funds to make issue two and we bring back that Squatch Watchers? <laughs> talk, about here, talk about splitting the audience. I mean, just think about it. Just think about it. Because Squatch Watchers, you know, let's just be fair. All right. Squatch Watchers didn't have a chance. You mismarketed it to the wrong audience. We did. That, I mean, that is, that is, I will follow that blame. It is completely mismarketed. <laughs> Listen, Squatch Watchers is, you know, there's no bad idea, just bad execution. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. So this is what we're going to do. I'm, I'm redoing everything. <laughs> Stop listening to me now. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna fund the super best friend comic, and since you're gonna be funded within 30 seconds of going live, uh, we're gonna use the extra money, and we're gonna we're gonna do squatch watchers, okay? But it's really just gonna be you and me running around Reseda with like fur on our faces. <laughs> That's a stupid idea. Uh, it's gonna you know what? We're just gonna do it. And you geeks gave us who are like, where's my comic book? You're just going to have to wait for us to finish editing Squatch Watchers and send it to you. In 2025. <laughs>
<laughs> Squatch Watchers will have its day, Jason. Oh boy, you're making me just want to put Squatch Watchers in the comic now, like somewhere. Like I, I feel like I like Maddie Moore needs to like will be watching Squatch Watchers. Yep, I'm actually gonna write that down. <laughs> it's like a shared universe, buddy. Oh and boy, you're, he is literally writing it down, Geekscape. I am. I am literally opening my Google Doc right now and putting in Squatch Watchers. It, it's so funny. I was on a. a, a Another podcast. Yes, I do other podcasts. I'm sorry, Jonathan. Why would you do that? Um, and you, somebody... You filter off. You're cheating on me. One of the questions I, we always get is, is like Jupiter Jet and Science and now Super Best Friend, are they all in the same universe? And, you know, Jupiter Jet is its very much own thing. So I'm always like, no, Jupiter Jet is off on its own. She can't connect anything. But somebody uh, on another podcast was like, oh, is Science in this universe? And I hadn't thought about it until they said it. And now I'm like, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to put one of those characters in this book. Like you might see them now. Yeah. I think it's great that you're doing the Squatchverse. Yeah. It's going to be the Squatchiverse. Yes. <laughs> the Squatchiverse. I think it's all going to tie in there and like take a page out of uh, Tarantino. And there's like the real world for him where mm-hmm. like Reservoir Dogs, Dogs place, takes place. And then there's a world that's like the movies that those Reservoir Dogs people watch, which so like Pulp Fiction takes place in the Reservoir Dogs universe but in Glorious Bastards, because it had a historical change, and What's Upon a Time in Hollywood, that takes place in the movie that those people would watch. So, yeah, so people, that before too. yeah, so the Reservoir Dogs could go to a movie theater and watch Inglorious Bastards or that. But yeah, so Maddie Moore, the mo- the most famous show in Tomorrow City, the the world of Super Best Friend is Squatch Watchers. I'm telling you, Jason, this is why we vibe, buddy. This yep. is, this is I'm, in, I'm in on this. I'm in on this. Yeah, you might have three Geekscapists from this podcast actually go and donate to your campaign, but I think that what we just did here was worth its weight in, uh, in you being on this podcast. Oh, why do I have friends? Um, okay, buddy. Because you pay them well. I do. I do. Yep. Thanks again for that rent payment. Oh, no problem. I'll give yep. me Squatch Watchers. Uh, <laughs> I'm the only person who invested in it years ago. Uh, all right, Jason, let's talk this WandaVision thing. Sure. Um, we, let's let's try not to spoil too much. Um, I can't talk about where Kang the Conqueror showed up. <laughs> well, we have a casting on Kang, so that's... Uh, we have a casting on Kang, so we can we can definitely talk about that. The actor from... Uh, from Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, country mm-hmm. is uh, in uh, in it, but uh, what did you think of this WandaVision thing? I liked it. I, I actually really liked it because I kind of had low expectations for it because I didn't know what to think about it, and I was mm-hmm. a little worried. You know, we're we're twenty two movies into Marvel, yeah. and you know, I love the Marvel universe. I had a I I, I go to every one of the movies, you know, but we are getting to some of the Marvel movies are starting to feel the same. And I was a little worried that this was just going to be that on the television screen. And so I like that. It was weird. I like that. It was a sitcom. I like that. It was different. I, I really like how different this feels from everything else. Like, I think that's the strength of it. And, um, I, and I'm going to yeah. go ahead and say that a lot of Geekscapists didn't agree with me at the time, but when I walked mm-hmm. out of the first Whedon adventures, I was like, how is this not just bigger Iron Man? Because I felt like, mm-hmm. I felt that level of I, I wasn't not impressed by those movies. I wasn't yeah. not into those movies, but they did have those same that same kind of tone uh, of that first Iron Man until we got to Guardians. And I feel like Guardians just 
allowed things to just go mm-hmm. nuts and now we could really go crazy not that like civil not that captain america winter soldier wasn't that like the whole spy thing that people talked about or that they didn't have different like genre-ish shifts but um i feel like once we got to guardians the permission was you can really go crazy because people are starting to accept talking raccoon and and uh and a talking tree and now we can just really go weird with the marvel universe and and i agree with you i think that wandavision feels fresh in the fact that it is a lot of fun it's really weird and it does a really good job of covering a lot of clues and to me i've been saying to a lot of people that it kind of reminded me of lost that's exactly what i was about to say it reminds me of lost in the way that people can have the water cooler conversations online Mm -hmm. and say what do you think this meant what do you think this meant and can i ask you one of those there's there's one i've been asking everybody what do you think the two dots on vision's tie in episode one mean because yeah. he had that weird symbol on his tie in the first episode. Okay. Um, Bolt T says, hey, let's go ahead and spoil it. That's where all the fun is. Um, and honestly, Geekscape, is, if you want to get really get into it, uh, we have a brand new show here on the Geekscape Network called Bingetown TV. And if you go to your favorite podcast app, you can definitely find Bingetown TV's new episode right now. And it's all about those first two episodes of WandaVision. And they're going to spoil the hell out of it for you. So um, let's go for it. So, Right now, just go to your podcast app and, and go ahead and subscribe to Bingetown TV. And mm-hmm. They're going to get in depth. Uh, okay, those. Okay, so here, here's what I think is, gonna, is, is happening, and I'm going to try not to spoiler it. Yeah, I think as you watch WandaVision, you, you, I, I just sadly don't think Vision is there. I think that Vision at best is on a hard drive back in Wakanda. I think that these are all. I, constructs. I agree. Yeah, I think that these are all constructs in, um, in in Wanda's mind. I think that she is alone in some sort of a, of a sleep mode of, of like she, she's cracked and she's going to, she's oh Rex is here. I got to go ride my Harley later. Um, if you heard that, <laughs> I was just telling Heidi earlier, I was like, I think I want to start getting the soundproof foam for this because uh, as much as I love this new microphone, there's still Rex on the motorcycle. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think that, I think that Wanda after the events of the infinity wars and all that in the end games, uh, vision's not back. There was a finger snap vision was the vision didn't come through on your left. And now she has to start constructing these things again. And, and I think with the, we saw the pregnancy in episode two, you're going to start realizing that she's constructing her own family and there's going to be members of that family. And I think those things are going to lead to lots of problems in the multiverse going into Dr. Strange two and Spider-Man homecoming three and, I, and this is no and spoiler at all well, i i do think we'll see dr strange in the final episode of wandavision well yeah, there's a couple weird things we maybe we do see benedict, benedict cumberbatch uh but we do know that the that if you check out imdb you see that that there are kids cast for this series that those actors are also there are also in- some pretty big spoilers on that imdb so i recommend i kind of got there was a couple things that i was like oh i wish i didn't know that yeah they're also in dr strange too yeah um, but the, but the one that the one actor that did pop in in his, just his voice was Jimmy Woo, the character, Jimmy Woo, who's played yeah. by Randall Park. And he was from Ant-Man and he's one of the people calling in the, in the radio. So I think people are trying to wake Wanda up. I think people are trying to realize like we need to get Wanda back or this could end up very bad. And I don't know what's going to happen. She may go villain. She may, you know, and we, we start talking about the, the whole no more mutants, no more Avengers type storyline that we had in the comics that was awesome. And maybe that's how we get our mutants in. But there's also the introduction of 
she hasn't just lost Vision, but she also lost her brother Quicksilver in Avengers too. Yeah. And we've and we never, never dealt with that. We've never we've dealt with never that. dealt with that. And do we see the appearance of Quicksilver and maybe not even Aaron Taylor Johnson's Quicksilver? Yeah, you know it's so funny. Uh, I was saying this, and again, this is I, I agree with a lot of the points you're making. And again, like I'm trying to. This is going to be such an interesting series, and it's going to be the most character deep series that Marvel has ever done, including the movies. If this turns out to be just sort of a metaphorical story of we're seeing a woman mourn mm-hmm. like in how she deals with this. Yeah. Like, because there, that very well could be like, I kind of agree. We could find out at the very end of this that, yeah, this is all fake and this is her powers manifesting through her grief. And she is at some place where of co- her mourning is causing these ripples into the real world and, and shield or shield or whatever shield equivalent or Hydra or aim or whoever is trying to be like, Whoa, 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 chill out. Yeah. In the, I mean, we've seen the insignia in the episodes. It's mm-hmm. sword. Yeah. And certain things are starting to fall into that. I didn't reality. want to spoil that with sword. <laughs> yeah. well, well, we knew that we knew that sword was, we knew that there was going to be a presence of sword after we, mm-hmm. after we saw the, the end, the end scroll and uh, the end scene in, in a couple of I can also confirm that Squatch watchers is in episode four. I'm down. I'm yeah. done. That's that's reason enough to be, for me to watch this at least that far. Yeah. Um, ultimately, Bolty over on YouTube asks, "Can Vision replicate like Agent Smith? Maybe he comes back to the MCU as the baby." I, that's probably not going to happen. He can't replicate as Agent Smith. And you know what? With the destruction of his mind gem, mind gem was that the one that was in Vision? Yes. Then, I, I I'm not certain. They they all get confused to me, man. Then, <laughs> yeah, the soul gem or the mind gem. They're uh, all the same. Look, they're all the same magic rock. They're, they're right? magic magic prop with it, with that whole thing. Uh, I don't think Vision's there. I think Vision is at best again on a hard drive of Wakanda. That being said, if Wanda can just create things out of thin air because of her chaos magic, then why not create a fucking Infinity Stone and Vision? Like, with I don't think that's beyond I, her power. I have a theory because we kind of know. A lot of things are pointing towards Young Avengers, that Marvel is going to do some version of Young Avengers. And in the original Avengers run, run there was a Young Vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would not surprise me if we, out of the series, create some version of Vision that can be played by a younger actor that will appear in that series. Yeah, but you, oh, it wasn't Young Vision that ended up being. But you, I mean, I love that Heinberg original series it's really of, good of young avengers i think it's awesome in the reveal in that one mm-hmm. maybe we are talking about kang again but i thought it was so incredible and yeah it was really good and, and we'll we, think about it because we have kate bishop is going to be in hawkeye. hawkeye right cassie is going to be in ant-man 3 that's right um i do think the twins are showing up in wandavision i agree um, with you because there's uh, and then patriot seems like a very natural thing to pop up in falcon and winter soldier yes um, and uh, and and, and then, then we, they're going to turn Loki into a kid as well. Like that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> you think they're going to turn Loki yeah. into a kid? I do on their Loki series. I think I would have liked to see a, a gender swap Loki as well. I think that would have been cool. I think they'll probably do that as well. Um, but one thing that I was thinking about because of the casting, and she may be too old. I don't know. It wasn't. I didn't watch it. Um, but the casting on She Hulk. She Hulk seems to be younger than Jennifer Wild, uh, Waters is in Walters is in the uh, comic. So mm-hmm. uh, She Hulk seems young, but not that not that she's included. But who knows? Maybe we see a live action Miles Morales come out of Homecoming three. Well, also there's two. Uh, uh, think about Miss Marvel, which they're going to definitely going to put her on the Young Avengers as well. 
the young miss but yes kamala yep. mm-hmm. is gonna be mm-hmm. on their one uh bolt you need some help and you are the host of geek history lesson tell me what comics to read to enjoy the series young avengers what else i would obviously suggest no more avengers and the no more mutants uh, house of x stuff with wanda because that just shows the scope of her chaos magic yes uh the, the there's three main series of this that this is pulling from hmm. Uh, one is, uh, the Tom King vision series drawn by Gabriel Walta came out a couple years ago. There's a hardcover. It's 12 issues. It's about vision living in Washington, DC. And then a murder happens. They're taking a lot of inspiration from that book. Like the, the other one, like the leave it to beaver setting. Yeah. Out of that yeah. Book. The other one you're, you keep talking about is house of M and that is where Scarlet witch creates a brand new alternate reality where mutants are in charge. Um, and it's all because of, uh, you know, it's all because she's mourning the loss of these twins. The other that never existed. That, that never existed. Yeah. And then the other like one that maybe constructs on this show. Yeah. And then the other one that I think that this is definitely taking pieces from, but I think Dr. Strange two might feel more of this is Avengers disassembled. Mm-hmm. And that is where our Avengers, I meant Avengers. Disassembled. Yes. That's yeah. yeah. And Avengers disassembled takes place before house of M, but Avengers disassembled is where, the Avengers are suddenly attacked by all these like dead villains that have been dead for years. And then they find out that all of Scarlet Witch's reality warping powers are creating these dead villains. Yeah. Because of the break in her mind that suddenly these, these, these kids she thought she had aren't real. She doesn't know where they kills the vision in that story too. Kills vision. She, she starts whooping ass all up Mm. and down the Avengers and it was the first in a series of several storylines where Brian Michael Bendis would get a book. And then suddenly the first storyline would be some woman having all sorts of whoop ass powers. And yes. Had to take yeah, yeah. A woman. And I was like, wait, you did it with secret Avengers. You did it with civil war or your secret war. You did it with the storyline. Just, yeah. He would also kill like, like the team and he would kill somebody in like every arc. <laughs> first, well. the first arc on every new Marvel book was like woman turns evil and kills the team. And then they have to take out the woman. And I was like, let's dissect this <laughs> what's going on here yeah. buddy <laughs> you get broken up with roughly in college like what is happening because well, it's, it's also like and i'm a big fan of brian mangle ben i am too when you look and i love that new avengers run and i actually do like avengers disassembled but it, it is one of those things where like he did that on a bunch of other team books where you were like you all you almost got the feeling that they were like, Brian, we want you to write this book. And he was like, yes. And then secretly to his wife, he's like, I hate this book. I'm going to kill everybody in the book. I hate this book and I might hate you. <laughs> Give me Morgan Le Fay. <laughs> who, are the, who are the alpha level villainesses in Marvel that I can use and kill off? And yeah. All this stuff. But, um, I mean, there's, there's plenty of memes going on on the internet. Geekscape is that, that the House of M stuff might be the introduction of the mutants to the MCU. I don't think it's going to be that obvious at all. And there's also news that Deadpool 3 is going to be in the MCU and be pretty referential to both. So we'll see. I mean, we're all talking about a multiverse at this point. That's yeah. as, that's clear from the announcements of Ant-Man 3, Doctor Strange 2. I, I, and I, said for, I think I might have said this the last time I was on Geekscape too, that to me, to me, the perfect Deadpool 3 is like, don't even explain how he got there. He just wakes up in the Mar- MCU and he's like, what the F is this? They were always, uh, to me, it was all, they were always the same. Yep. Mutants were always there because they had to live in hiding anyway. Mm-hmm. They just weren't. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, but like if Thanos is attacking the planet, you're not exactly going to be like, oh, yeah, but well, what about these mutants? We got to get well, rid of them. And think about the externals, right? The exter- That's kind of the story they're going to tell the externals the as well. That they've the always been there. Yeah, the Eternals, of which 
there's a new storyline in the comics right now. The issue one just came out. I haven't read uh, it. Was it any good? I find the Eternals to be really inaccessible as characters. Yep. And I and and I and I, and I, Jason, you and I, we have plenty of mind melds on storylines yeah. and storytelling. I can pretty much, if I read a comic, I can pretty much be like, <laughs> "Yeah, Jason's gonna feel the same way about yeah. this one." Um, and I find the Eternals to be one of these Jack Kirby creations. And you got, I just love Jack Kirby. Everybody loves Jack Kirby. He's the king. But it's one of these creations at Marvel that was like it felt des- like it felt like he had some really cool design, but there wasn't a whole lot of pathos to these characters, and they're just super omnipotent and they're in control of the universe and they're older than the universe and thanos does have a loose attachment to the history of them so so thanos can kind of be our link to the eternals and i'm sure they will be when uh when we see the movie but wouldn't surprise me if they they backwards retcon that thanos is an eternal somehow read issue one of this new series uh i didn't love it but i will definitely be giving it a chance because the artwork's phenomenal and mm. in the writing, I'm going to give a chance because these, again, are characters that I don't Karen have. Karen Gillan is a, is a fantastic writer. It's amazing. I got to yeah. tell you, just real quick, Geeks gave us, if you're looking for comics to read, Donnie Cates is writing this book for Image called Crossover. And it was recommended to me by my comic book dude, Leland, when I was in the store. And he's like, have you read Crossover? And I was like, no, I don't even know anything about it. I like I like Image books. I like indie ideas that, that they're putting out. And Donnie Cates is an awesome writer. I think he's kicking ass on Thor right now. Um, he's got this, I think it's Donnie Cates is doing the storyline right now where Donald Blake has been like locked up so long because Thor has just been Thor that his alter ego Donald Blake has just been in like, Oh, has he been in like the dark, the, the, been the, in the place, dimension or whatever for so, years? So what happens is like, yeah. So to humble Thor and let him like live as a human in the comics, Thor can strike his hammer on the ground and suddenly it's a cane and it's this doctor named Donald Blake. And, and, um, Odin created this place for Donald Blake to go when Thor is Thor but he's been Thor for so long without interruption that Donald Blake has been sitting in this pocket universe that Odin created to the point where he went insane and started killing everybody in it. And so when Thor is like, oh yeah, I should just check on Donald Blake and he hits it. Donald Blake shows up, has killed every, is psychotic and now he's angry and Thor is now stuck in the, in the pocket universe and he's not coming out. And Donald Blake is just whooping all the Asgardians asses. He's going to earth. He's looking for like, answers he's pissed as hell and he's like i just realized that i was a construct i'm not even real i was a construct so that this as guardian could figure out what it's like to live as a human and i'm gonna make everybody their mom pay and it's awesome why um, the moms why the moms i mean it's, <laughs> leave uh, the moms you know, alone donald blake <laughs> but, but uh jace from the comic book source says um yeah crossover is amazing and crossover this is book, a good comic book podcast with great yeah. <laughs> love you J- jace is awesome so mm-hmm. this this crossover book um let's just it, it, i don't want to spoil anything and i got to tell you i had when I read the last page of issue three, and if you're picking up on comiXology or if you're picking up your, your bookstore, do not flip through this book, please do not flip through this book. But um, just trust me, please. You've been listening to this podcast for 15 years, possibly just trust me. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I turned to the last page of issue three and I audibly gasped and was like, Holy shit. Um, all the comic characters exist, no matter if they're DC or Marvel, for the most part, they're playing loose and fast with a lot of the, the, the rights on these characters they're just referencing them but this is a comic this is a world where comic books exist and the characters exist in them 
and they become so destructive when we're talking Man of Steel, Metropolis scene destructive that now they all live in one place. I think it's Denver and there is a protective globe over all of them and they can punch each other till the cows come home. Humanity's trying to protect themselves from these supers in their, I mean, it's almost like a, like containing a nuclear bomb with these people and everything that's going on outside of it is starting to fray and things, I mean, it's, it looks combustible. Mm -hmm. And as Jay says from the comic books, from the comic source, most meta comic book ever. And I, I'm not going to say anything else about crossover other than it really is my favorite thing that I've been reading. And, um, I fucking audibly gasped when I got to the end of the comic. I was like, oh my God, I cannot wait for the next issue of this thing. And Jace is also kicking in to say the Eternals are related to the Titans, of which Thanos is one of them. And the there you go. The Titans and Deviants. And so, yeah, it, it, read that first issue. It's still, to me, as inaccessible as they've always been. And like every other book. Well, that's the thing, too. And you and I have talked about this. Like, and, and a lot of people, this is why when people were like, what should I read for Eternals? And I'm like, nothing. Because I don't even think the Gaiman thing. No, like, the Neil Gaiman, the Neil Gaiman, Gaiman series is so incomprehensible. And I love Neil Gaiman. We all I, love Neil Gaiman. And it's drawn. And I love John Rita Jr. who drew that series. But like, it makes no sense. It is so un- hard. It is so dense. Yeah, um, it's very dense. But like, and I thought look, that would save it. When you look at Jack Kirby, man, like he he wanted to do this giant Thor story at Marvel in the 70s. And Marvel was like, no. And so he went to DC, he pissed it to DC, and they were like, we'll take it. And it became the fourth world. Then right. the story became so incomprehensible that DC was like, uh, get out of here. We're not publishing this anymore. He went back to Marvel and was like, uh, what if they're called Eternals now? And they were like, yes. <laughs> so it is a yeah. photocopy of a photocopy. Meanwhile, Geekscapist, the fourth world script went through Hollywood. They never made the fourth world movie and it got turned into the Dolph Lundgren master of the universe film. Is that true? I didn't know yes. that. Yes. Wow. That's, why he's writing, that's why he's basically writing a skiff and there's a boom tube, but it's the cosmic key as Gwildor would say. Oh, that's funny. Now, wow. I mean, you remember the movie yes. and they go from eternity to earth. The cosmic key. That's what. That's actually a boom tube. Uh, and now you Frank see why Mandela, Skeletor. Hopefully. Yeah. Now you see why 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 He Man is on that skiff like with his sword. It's Orion. Like it's just yeah, a fucking fourth sense. world movie. I never got, knew that. That's crazy, yes, sir. Yes, sir. They were like, hey, this He Man thing is popular. We got anything of scripts that we can just like turn into He Man? And they were like, uh, we got this fourth world thing we're never going to make because it's bananas as hell. Uh, and we'll find out with the Snyder cut how bananas it is. But <laughs> that is so crazy. Like that happens either way. Like there's so many times where they'll just scrape everything off and just keep the name. Oh, Street Fighter. Yeah. The Van Damme Street Fighter, you know, is a G.I. Joe script. Mm-hmm. And they took it and were like, yeah, G.I. Joe's not so popular anymore, but the arcades are burning up with this Street Fighter 2. <laughs> kids love it. Well, who can we have play the American Guile who literally fights on a, an army base? Uh, John Claude Van Damme, Belgian dude, John Claude yep. Van Damme. Unless, unless, ask Raul Julia, who's clearly ill in every scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's going to be the big He's bad villain. Dying. Poor guy is dying. Um, he does. I will, I will give you that. Like for as bad as that movie is, that movie has one of the greatest villain speeches of all time. Because I love the speech that Raul Julia and it's only good because Raul Julia is doing it where uh, he's fighting it's Chun-Li and he goes, the day I killed your parents was the most important day of your life. For me, it was just a Tuesday. 
<laughs> and obviously, Raul Julia is such an amazing actor that he could have pulled that off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bolt T says, you know what? All I remember about the Master Universe movie, movie is you could see the black cloth that is supposed to be Skeletor's nostril holes. Yeah, that's a fascinating movie. The Master Universe movie, to me, is a fascinating movie. It, like that, The end fight scene was shot in like a day because canon was failing and nobody really cared about He-Man anymore, but canon was failing. I know nothing about the... I've seen this movie and I know nothing about the behind the scenes. You're oh literally... You're uh, literally given a geek history lesson. Some might call it a squatch watch on, on the Masters of the Universe. They cut the movie away from the director like a few times and he begged to have like another day on set. And they're like, he's like, we need to finish the end fight scene in the Castle Grayskull. And he, they're like, you get one day. <laughs> and um, he went back and he just fucking started. I mean, it was total Roger just Corman. They, school. Bet they go. It was total Roger Corman school of filmmaking. It was out of control. I think that a... Uh, an oral history of Masters of the Universe it would be an amazing read, and I would love. It, it's probably on the internet somewhere. Uh, I know. Bet, I yeah. think how did this get made? Definitely did a deep dive on Masters of the Universe. Our friend Blake Harris, who wrote um, uh, uh, Console Wars, used to write a "How did this get made?" like as a blog, and um, and I think that is one of the entries. And uh, mm. it's just an incredible. <laughs> what a, I love that movie, but not for the reasons I think they intended. All right, so. Jason Inman. Yes, sir. How, how have you enjoyed your Geekscape? I've been, I mean, I got a deep download on He-Man Masters. Is it called, no, the movie's called just Masters of the Universe, It's right? just called Masters of the Universe. They don't get no He-Man in that title. No, no, because they, I mean, they definitely couldn't call it Orion in the fourth world. Nobody would have known what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. We, I, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it quite a lot. Uh, Geekscape is, you can find Jason all over the internet. It's Jawin. That's J-A-W-I-I-N. You know, like the we uh, on the internet. If you're listening to this on the podcast version, y'all can y'all have to be familiar with Jason at this point. He's one of our favorite guests here on the Geekscape oh, Network. He's on multiple Geekscape shows, and if you want to thank him for being on multiple Geekscape shows, he's got this Kickstarter campaign, and it starts this week. And you can find out more information at superbestfriendcomic.com. If you're watching this live, go ahead and go over there and hit that notification button to get notified when it goes live this week. And uh, and just start throwing that money because you know what? If he hits those stretch goals, we're gonna be Sasquatch watching. You're gonna be ready. Gonna, okay, yeah, that's, get that Sasquatch watching ready. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's not no, there are. I, I will say this, and I'll, I'll put this out there for Geescape. Um, the ultimate stretch goal. Now, this would we'd have to get through three or four stretch goals, but if this thing goes crazy, and there's a chance you you're hopeful with every Kickstarter campaign. Mm-hmm. There is a 1996 Skybox holographic Superman trading card set. And I've loved that since I was a kid. And I always thought it was the, my favorite trading cards of all time. Um, the big stretch goal for this is I want to make a holograph trading card of Captain Terrific and Maddie. Now, these are pricey, which is why it's the ultimate stretch goal, <laughs> because they're not cheap to make. But like, I really want a holographic trading card of my like Superman archetype, like a fucking upper deck skybox style late yeah. late nineties. Yeah, Dude, that was the day. That was the day. You don't want to just do a foil cover version of these mothers. Nah, I want a holographic trading card. <laughs> All right, well, Geeks gave us that you would have yourself a bookmark for your comic. Uh, but let's get the let let you listen. Short achievable goals. Go to the Kickstarter. Back it. And uh, get on it. As far as Geekscape goes, we got Valentine's Day coming. And you know that we have this partnership with Filter Off. We're going to throw the event 
It's going to be February 13th. It's a Saturday. What else are you doing during a pandemic? And if you get the filter off app on your iOS uh, or your smartphone and start hanging out now, it's like video conferencing, but it's speed dating. And uh, we're going to have a speed dating event. And uh, Geekscapist, you're invited. And all you got to do to be a part of it is to get filter off and then put in the, uh, the little RSVP code for our event on the 13th that you're going to find in the events page. And it is a global event. You can take part in it anywhere. But the, the RSVP code is GeeksLove2. Like, me too. Like, hopefully you don't get me too'd and uh, bury us on filter off. So all you geeks gave us behave. They're only three minute dates. So we want to hear nothing but the utmost great things about you. I don't want you going on there and sh- showing your pee pee or anything. Okay, geeks gave us. That would be very, very bad for us. Okay. Yeah, save it for the squatch watching. Save it for the squatch watch. <laughs> uh, Jason, dude, thanks for coming on the show. Jonathan, and, uh, thank you. You're one of my favorite people on the planet to talk to. So this is a blast. I love you, man. And Geeks gave us. You, you know where to find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all that stuff. Social media, just go find us. All that stuff. You know how to find us. And uh, leave us a nice review on your podcast app. And share us with your friends because we love you and we love having more friends. Um, for Jason, I'm Jonathan. And uh, this Jonathan, is- I'm Jason. <laughs> and we love you, uh, Geekscape Forever, over and out, my friends. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. <laughs> <laughs>